Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for the first Sunday in Lent. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton, and the organist is Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Gabby James and Michael Hesseman. Today's order of service is found at www.trinity1874.com. The radio broadcast for today. All is right, all right. Save your energy for the hymn that's coming up. Lutheran Church and oh, that's very, very good. May God bless us. All right. As so, as you are uh, taking your seats, why don't Our we open today? Our opening will be the Law of God is Good Word and of Wise, prayer. found on page five hundred seventy-nine, verses one. Two, Heavenly and Father, three we thank you for today, book. and we thank you, Lord, today for Again, your grace and your mercy and, and your love. And Lord, we thank you uh, for the name that calls us here, the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, it is in it is in His name that we are saved. It is in His name, Lord, that we worship here. And now, Lord, we ask that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship. Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our, our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us. Forgive us our sins. Verses 1, 2, and 3.
has consumed me. O oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. Glory be to the Father. For zeal for your house has consumed me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson for this morning is taken from Jeremiah chapter 26, beginning at the 8th verse. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. And the priest and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city, all the words you have heard. Now therefore mend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. The Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. This is the word of our Lord. O oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that has set before him endured the cross, despising the shame for me. Please be seated. For the children's message, the children can come forward, please. Today will be by Bruce Slender. 
okay, is that everything? Okay. Well, I see some of you are wearing green. Bravo to you. So, uh, in today's lesson, uh, it's all about standing firm in the Lord. And I brought some pictures along that might help us uh, get the idea of this. Uh, do you recognize what this is a picture of? It's a lighthouse. And uh, this one, uh, it's a pretty nice day outside, and you'll see it's built on a super solid rock ledge here. Uh, that's not going anywhere. And the uh, purpose of the lighthouse is twofold. One is to show, don't use it much anymore. Uh, now that the ships at sea have a very fancy technology that guides them into the safe harbors uh, all the time. But uh, here's one that, that uh, is looking nice and pretty, uh, built on a solid rock. What about this one? What's going on in this scene? What's going on here? Huh? Yeah, but what's going on in the background? It's storming. Lots of high seas. It looks like this raining real heavy back here. In this lighthouse, you'll see a really bright light. It's shining out into the sea. And the lighthouse is shining this bright light. And it had a specific purpose in the old days. This lighthouse is probably over 100 years old. And when the ships were tossed about in the sea and things were going bad for them, and they were scared and terrified, they could follow that light right into the safe harbor where they would be safe and protected. And so much in the same way it is with us as Christians. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And when things in our lives get us where we're afraid, scared, upset, Jesus is saying, you follow me, Jesus is saying, follow my light, and you will always be protected and safe, and there will always be comfort for you. That's good to know. But likewise, when things are going great for us, and in good times, when there are no stormy seas, Jesus always says, I'm still the firm foundation in your life. And even in good times, you look at me, Jesus says, because I am the way, the truth, and the light for you. We should thank him for that. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for being the guiding light in our lives. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go back, back to your seats. The epistle lesson is taken from Philippians chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Iodia, I entreat Sintka, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the Lord and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. The hymn of the day is How Firm a Foundation, found on page number 728 of the Lutheran Service Book. We will sing all five verses. Again, How Firm a Foundation, page number 728.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the epistle lesson from Philippians that was just read. We're going to specifically be concentrating on verse 1 where Paul says to stand firm and in the subsequent verses after that he spells out what that looks like for us as Christians. And we're just going to dive right in. So if you would please look at that text from Philippians with me. Just a little bit about this letter. There were several letters that Paul has, or sorry, had written that is recorded in Scripture in which he was not very happy with the churches that he was writing to. If you look at the church in Galatia, he really lays in to them. He calls them foolish Galatians, and he's very, very upset with how they have abandoned the gospel and the truth that Paul had taught them before. This letter from the Philippians is not one of those kinds of letters. Paul is very, very pleased with the progress that the church in Philippi is making in the gospel. Uh, and in fact, he, this, this particular church was one of the churches that had been supporting Paul throughout his missionary journeys. And so he's very, very uh, pleased with what the church is doing. And towards the tail end... <clears throat> Towards the tail end of his letter, he says there in verse 1, Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. A very important thing to say, especially to those who wane and who shift in their faith, just like you and I do. And one of the great things that Paul was very good at was he was a master Rhetorician. That means that he was a very good writer. And he was very good at stating what his case was and then either before or after giving support for whatever case or for, for whatever argument that he was making. And so again, in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Stand firm thus in the Lord. And then in the subsequent verses, he tells them exactly what that is and what that looks like. From verses 2 through 3, he says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. We don't know exactly who these women were. But based off of how Paul writes about them, we know that they, were in, that they were two very important people in this church. So important that whatever disagreement or argument that they were having, that, that they were having it was causing some kind of, of discord within that church. And so, of course, Paul doesn't want that. And so, he is, and so he takes part of his letter and says, you two need to figure it out. And you two need to... Remember what it means to be uh, born again under the same name of Jesus Christ. 
And then he begins in verse 4, and this is where he gets really specific with what it means to stand firm in the Lord. The first thing that he says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, in all situations, whether those are good, bad, in the middle. Rejoice in every situation. Now what's neat is that a little bit after this comes verse 13, the very famous verse uh, that is used by so many, which, in which Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The reason why Paul can say that is because he has learned the secret. He has learned the secret to being content. He has learned the secret of being able to and having the ability to rejoice in the Lord always, regardless of whatever situation that he finds himself in. And the secret is in knowing that Jesus is his Lord and that Jesus is his Savior. This, of course, is the bedrock of the Christian faith. And so Paul says, rejoice always. Again, I say Rejoice. He's making an extra effort so that they know that. The secret is knowing that no matter what happens, that our faith in Jesus and the promises that he has made to us are true. And they will all come to pass. The next verse, in verse 5, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness, your reasonableness be known to everyone. Not just to the people that you like. Not just to the people that it is easy to be reasonable with. Not just to fellow believers, but to everyone. Yes, even the barista at Starbucks who gets your order wrong. Even to them. Yes, even to the waiter or to the waitress who takes forever to bring you your food. Yes, to them as well. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. I was having a similar discussion with our men's small group last week on Sunday, and I said that one of the things that I I truly believe and firmly believe that if, if... Everyone in this world, especially in American society, could understand this one simple truth that things would go immensely better than how they currently are. And that is really what Paul says here. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Essentially what Paul is saying is this. Give up your rights or the rights that you think that you have in order to maintain peace. Put on a much smaller scale, yes, that waiter or waitress took forever to bring you your food. And when they brought you your food, it was cold. It wasn't what you wanted. But for the sake of peace and for the sake of letting them know of your reasonableness, for the sake of Christ, give up your right or your rights to be angry and simply bring about peace instead. You see, part of our problem is is that we all all think that we have these, these rights. And yes, all of us do have certain rights, but let's remember the example of him who had every right, Jesus Christ, and who gave up his rights for the sake of all. 
You see, Paul doesn't just say this and the other things that he is about to say in a vacuum. They are all through the lens and in the context of Jesus. Because Jesus was the one who did this. And Jesus is the one whose reasonableness was made known to everyone. Going on to verse 6, how else do we continue to stand firm? He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Simply put, Paul is literally telling them, Stop worrying. Whatever it is that, that you're worried about, stop. Stop being anxious. Stop being kept up at night over these things that you are so concerned about. Now, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say this to make light of the things that are concerning them or the things that might be worrying them. But he says this in the context of the fact that he knows that the God that they worship is greater than whatever it is that they are worried about and whatever it is that they are anxious about. I know just from this past week, speaking to several of you, that, that you are worried about a lot of things. Things that are really very, very serious. But remember that the God that we worship and the God that we serve is greater than anything that we could ever possibly worry about. I was reading a commentary about this, and this is what the, the author says. He says, and, and so what is the cure for anxiousness? I want to know. What is the cure for being worried? And he says, for the Christian, it is prayer. The way to be anxious about nothing is to be in prayer about everything. The way to be anxious about nothing is to be in prayer about everything. The health scare that either you or somebody that you love has just had. Be in prayer about it. The job loss that you may have just experienced, be in prayer about it. Whatever it is, be in prayer. Be in prayer. Again, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, the God who is greater and bigger than any worry that you or I could ever possibly have. Going on to verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that is God, the peace that is part of God's makeup, the peace of God will come, and the peace of God is able to produce exceedingly better results than any of our feeble planning. And that was another thing that this commentator said. And I'll say it again. The peace of God is able to produce exceedingly better results than any of our feeble planning. He says this also. Why live in worry when instead you and I can live in peace? Makes, makes a lot of sense to me. Finally, in verse, in verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, 
If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Going back to verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What Paul is saying here is that instead of filling our heads with worry and filling our heads with impossible questions that we have no way of being able to answer, And instead of filling our heads with things that we have no control over, even though we think that we do, instead fill your heads and your minds with these things. Fill your minds with things that are true. Fill your minds with things that are honorable. Fill your minds with things that are just. Fill your minds with things that are pure and lovely. Fill your minds with things that are commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, fill your minds and fill your hearts with these things. Unfortunately, there are times There are times in which we don't stand firm. And there are times in which we let our faith wane. It's interesting because of all of the disciples that Jesus had, Peter is usually the one that ends up getting uh, laughed at the most. And sort of all of the fingers usually point to him as the one who, if there was anybody, any of his disciples that should have had faith, that it should have been, have been him. And yet, he's, and yet he has the Lord right in front of him as he is walking out on the water to him. And what happens? Why does his faith wane? Why does his faith falter? Because he begins to take his eyes off of his Lord. And instead he is worried about the, the wind that has come up. And he is worried about everything that is outside of him instead of concentrating on he who is in front of him. Standing firm in Christ. And standing firm in the Lord's Messiah. Our faith does wane. And when giving up is so much easier than standing firm, remember that as the Apostle Paul has just told us, remember that standing firm in the Lord will bring you peace. That's a promise that he has made. That's a promise that God has made to you. That standing firm in him and you will have peace. You will have peace. Take peace in the truth that he is working it all out for good. Just like we talked about whether it was last week or a few weeks ago. Take peace in the truth that God's very presence is is with you. Remember that when the temple curtain was torn in two, that signified that God no longer lived in temples, that he no longer lives in things built by human hands. Instead, he lives inside of us. And his very presence lives inside of our hearts. Take peace in the truth that the God of peace who was crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected is with you. Look at verse 9 with me one last time. What you have learned 
and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest with us today, please fill out the red sign-in book that is in your pew. Uh, And whoever is on the aisle ends of the pews, please tear off the top sheet and place it on top of the book. Uh, After the worship, after our time of worship is over, the elders will come by to pick those up. We collect our tithes and offerings. These radio broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. A men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the Narthex. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, again call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hours are church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is entitled, Ah! The speaker is the Rev. Dr. Michael Ziegler. Strikingly, Jesus refers to his people both as sheep and as goats. How, how does that work? John, find that out in John chapter 10. The Lutheran Youth Fellowship will be sending boxes of encouragement to Trinity College students in the military. If you would like to help them, uh, please contact the church or contact Vaughn Hansen. The church is also sponsoring 24 hours of prayer beginning at 8 a.m. on March 23rd, or excuse me, beginning at 8 p.m. on March 22nd and ending at 8 p.m. on March 23rd. Call the church office for more information. If you are a member of Thrivent, you may want to make a 
your donation to the church. The 2018 Choice Dollars are now available, and they will expire by March 31st of 2019. So you might want to go ahead and make those and direct your Choice Dollars to the church. The Trinity Community Spring River Group volunteers are looking um, for more volunteers to help with items that will bring cheer and show appreciation to the United States military that are in active deployment. That event will take place on March 23rd beginning at 10 a.m. at St. John's Lutheran Church in Monette. You do not have to be a member of Thrivent to help. Individuals of all ages would be appreciated and a lunch will be given to the volunteers. Please RSVP by emailing or calling March 20th to tom.mel at thrivent.com. Please stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and the opportunity to worship you in this place. We seek your guidance and strength as we strive to stand firm in our faith and our commitment to following you, Jesus. Keep this etched in our hearts and minds as we continue our journey through this Lenten season. Lead us in ways that are pleasing in your sight. Help us find the time to reflect on our need for penitence, to be in your word, to speak the truth of your Son to all we meet this week. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. Lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob, Mark, Warren, Gary, Bob, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Arlene, Bob, John, Marianne, Debbie, Eldred, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Ramona, Maxine, Jen, Catherine, Bonnie, Deborah, and Joe. We lift up all those as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places, we lift up to you in prayer David Hessman, who was deployed overseas, as well as Melissa and the children. 
who wait anxiously for their husband and father. We think of all the first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We offer up a prayer of thanksgiving today for Caitlin and David Strusley at the birth of their new son, Nicholas Magnus Strusley, grandson to the joyful grandparents, Fawn and Stan Hansen. Dear God, we know and honor you by many names. Today we honor you as God of all creation as we give thanks to you for the birth of little Nicholas. Keep him and mom safe and healthy. Continue to bless, encourage, and strengthen and strength to Caitlin and David as they begin this new chapter in their life as mother and father. We look forward to welcoming Nicholas soon at your baptismal font. Lord, in your mercy. We offer up a prayer for our birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you have given to your servants, Debbie Trokey, David Chapman, Megan Souter, Stephen Schoen especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May this celebration of their births be a celebration of life both now and the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. And we offer up a prayer for our anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your Son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now, continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Ben and Brandy Farron, who are celebrating their 20 years of Christian union through their marriage. We also lift up Richie and Tracy Ray as they, too, are celebrating their 20 years of Christian marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days even as you have guided them in the past, be their strength, health, and refuge in life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commit all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ into our flesh, and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
As we pray in his name and as he has taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I recognize and I confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave, he, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. First communion hymn will be Children of the Heavenly Father, found on page number 725 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Children of the Heavenly Father, page number 725. The second hymn will be I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, found on page number 618 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, page number 618. The Ladies' Aid, known as the LWML, will have a mission work day on Monday, March 25th, beginning at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Bring a covered dish to share for lunch. Again, the church is sponsoring 24 hours of prayer 
beginning at 8 p.m. on March 22nd and ending at 8 p.m. on March 23rd. You may call the church office for more information. That number is 417-235-7300. The next Lenten service will be this Wednesday evening beginning at 7 p.m. And again, the deadline for Thrivent Choice Dollars is March 31st. So if you are a member of Thrivent, you might want to check to see how many choice dollars you have available. And then you can donate those to the church. Please call the church if you need more information. There will be a special voters meeting today immediately following the worship service.
The next communion hymn will be, I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, page number 618 in the Lutheran Service Book.
The next communion hymn will be, O Christ, You Walked the Road, found on page 424 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, O Christ, You Walked the Road, page 424.
Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The closing hymn is verses 4, 5, and 6 of The Law of God is Good and Wise, page 579.
Once again, a word of welcome to all guests and visitors. Thank you for being here today to worship with us, and we pray that your time with us was a blessed one. Uh, we have two announcements. The first one is, is just a reminder to join us for our Lenten midweek service this week uh, at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And um, we are continuing through our series on Exodus and what that means for us going through this season of Lent. And I will, we have an announcement from our president with regards to uh, a short vote that we need to do. Please. Good morning. We have a special voters meeting that uh, we need to deal with some issues regarding the authorization of signatures on the endowment fund. So at this time, I'd like to call the meeting to order, and I'm going to turn it over to Christopher so he can explain that to you a little more. So at the last voters meeting, we uh, we voted and approved to set up the new endowment accounts. Um, to get the paperwork done so that we can get the endowments established and get the money transferred over, we have to authorize signers on the account. Uh, so I would make a motion that we set up the signers on the account for the Trinity Lutheran Church School and Endowments uh, with the Lutheran uh, Missouri Foundation to be the church treasurer and the board of stewardship and finance chairman. Uh, currently, those individuals are myself and Charlotte George. Okay, do I have a second? Okay, we have a motion and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed, same sign. Motion passes. One more thing before we adjourn, I would like to ask the council to please meet in the chapel following church to, for a quick meeting. Um, and at this time, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. Okay, we have a motion to adjourn. All those in favor signify with saying aye. aye. Motion passes. Thank you very much. You know, if you keep our meetings this short, we may just keep you around a little bit. Tell you what. Uh, just one last uh, announcement in all of, uh, for our members, in all of your boxes, uh, if you haven't seen them yet, is an update from the call committee with regards to our teacher positions um, that was appointed last voters meeting. They have an update for us, so please take a look at those letters. And if you have any questions, um, please see Mrs. Menning or the president of the school board, who is Nick Broderick, um, and he will be happy to uh, answer those questions for you. With that, I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.